a depth player thriving on a top team in the NHL, high school hockey in the Nashville area, and a team from Florida who's been on the rise for the past couple of seasons. All of that coming up next on Episode 2 of the Outside Smashville Podcast. For the bench, extra skater on, it's Alex Kalorn. He'll head to the front of the net, Steve goes, fire, He wanted a one-timer, he got it, he got his 400th goal. It is good to be back here post-Thanksgiving and post-Black Friday, gearing up for the holidays. And as you heard in the intro, man, what a career number 91 for the Lightning has had. Mr. Steven Stamkos, who got his 400th career goal not too long ago. And that's going to be one of the subjects of today's podcast. Again, welcome back into episode number two of the Outside Smashville podcast here on Penalty Box Radio. I'm your host, Sam Fleming, contributor and broadcaster for PBR here. You might have heard some of my previews for the Nashville Predators and also this Outside Smashville podcast. I really Really appreciate all the support on episode one, all the people who listened in. We talked about my trip to Glendale and the Arizona Coyotes a little bit. Uh, I addressed the Mike Babcock firing from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and boy, what a change with Sheldon Keefe at the helm has been for the Leafs as they just keep on winning. And uh, I talked about a fan question from uh, A.L. Puck about the Matt Calvert injury and what the officials should have done differently. If you haven't listened to episode one, go back on Saturday. SoundCloud, uh, you can listen to it. It's about a 45, 48 minute uh, episode just talking about the uh, Arizona Coyotes, Mike Babcock, and that question. Got another great question from AL Puck relating to the Colorado Avalanche once again. I appreciate all his support. Uh, it's talking about a depth player and how big a factor that he's been for the Avalanche this season. Speaking of which, if you want to get involved on future episodes of the Outside Smashville podcast, you can use hashtag Outside Smashville on the tweet that I send out every week um, just to get your fan questions. I'd like to get the fans involved. So if you do want to ask a question, whether it be about the NHL, Nash, college hockey, big weekend in college hockey, just in Nashville with the country classic um, teams from uh, Harvard, Wisconsin, Boston College, and Minnesota all coming to town to Fort Eisen or Bellevue. I'll actually talk about that in next week's episode a little bit. Uh, the other part I'm going to talk about, we're getting outside the NHL and we're coming into the Nashville area and we're going to talk about the G Nash High School Hockey League or prep hockey in the area. I'm an assistant coach uh, for Franklin Hume Fogg BGA. Um, and I'm going to uh, dive into the season so far, who stood out, the top teams, and go through the standings, talk a little bit about the league. Again, I'm a former player uh, for Innsworth High School in the past few years, uh, graduating in 2016. Uh, I'm planning on having some guests coming on from GNASH, some coaches and some players.
years. I do have a few guests in the works coming up. I've been talking to Mr. Jack Woods uh, about getting on for the podcast to talk a little bit about his team, the Indy Fuel, up by DePaul University where he goes to school. And then I'm going to try to get Mr. Justin Bradford on as well uh, to talk about the SEC HC and again some GNASH coaches and players to talk about GNASH. Um, Make sure to keep your eyes out week in and week out. Again, I want to say a big thank you, uh, as always, to Justin Bradford and everybody on the Penalty Box Radio staff and all the Penalty Box Radio fans for your support. Uh, and I really do appreciate it. I felt very welcome here at PBR, and I'm very happy to be a part of this great, uh, great crew and everybody to talk about hockey. It's great to see how much it's grown in the Nashville area. But you heard in the intro, Steven Stamkos's 400th career goal, which happened this year, which leads into today's first topic, the Tampa Bay Lightning, my other favorite team in the NHL, and a team that I've actually seen play live quite a few times. Uh, once here in Nashville, I'm actually going to the game uh, coming up on Tuesday, so this will be a little bit of a preview about the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I'm very excited for fans to know more about this team. A team that I really give a lot of credit uh, for getting the Southern hockey trend kind of started when the Florida Panthers made that run to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, not too long ago, but I think the Lightning getting their Stanley Cup win really set the South, could be great for hockey markets and really proved as Phil Esposito, who's one of the founders of the Lightning, um, proved that hockey could work in the Florida area and you've seen so many star players aligned to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, I'm going to get into the Lightning history, going to get into some of their top players. I've also made a couple trips down, once what it was called the St. Pete Times Forum after they won their Stanley Cup in 2006. And uh, not too long ago in 2018, uh, in their uh, run to the Eastern Conference Final where they ultimately lost to the Stanley Cup champions, uh, the Tampa, uh, the Washington Capitals. I was down there for a weekend as well. And I want to let you know about the Amelie Arena and fan experience. So going over the Tampa Bay Lightning history, uh, they are in the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic Division. They were founded in 1992 uh, and they've stayed in Tampa Bay ever since. Uh, their home arena is the Amelie Arena, located in beautiful Tampa, Florida. Tampa is such a great area. Cool place to be um, if you haven't gone to Tampa before and you're in the Florida area. I would fully recommend stopping by. Uh, their main colors are the Tampa Bay Blue and the White. Yes, they call it Tampa Bay Blue. Uh, so they have those blue home jerseys with the white trim and white logo. The road uh, jerseys are reversed. The white is the main color with the blue trim and blue logo. And then their alternates are a thing of beauty. The all black and silver jerseys. Oh, I absolutely love those things. Uh, they're really good looking jerseys. They've had some great alternates in years past. If you ask me, they had that black jersey with the gray and blue trim that said bolts across it too that I really liked. I actually have a, a jersey shirt of Steven Stamkos in that one as well as a jersey shirt of Nikita Kucherov too that I got in my last trip down there. Um Their owners are Tampa Bay Sports Entertainment. Jeffrey Vinnick is the chairman of that. 
Uh, Julian Breezebras is their general manager. He took over for Steve Eiserman, who did a really good job in rebuilding the Tampa Bay Lightning to be competitors. Uh, they definitely have become one of the powerhouses of the NHL, winning the uh, President's Trophy last season. Uh, their head coach is John Cooper who I think has been one of the best head coaches. He's been on a bit of a hot seat after a little bit of a slow start from the Tampa Bay Lightning this season. Um, but he's always been a great coach. I've really liked John Cooper. He's got some great sound bites in the past before. Um, but I do think Cooper's done a really good job with the Lightning. Again, the Lightning sitting fifth right now in the Atlantic Division uh, at 12-8-2 with 26 points at the time of recording this. Um their captain, Steven Stamkos, is going to become a franchise legend, much like Vinny LeCavoyer or uh, Martin St. Louis has been. David Anderchuk was a captain there as well. They've had some great players in the Lightning. Nikolai Hobby-Bulin, the wall, as many might remember, was a great goalie for that team. Uh, and I think they finally found a goalie that's pretty good, if not better, uh, in Andre Vasilevsky in that organization. They're minor league affiliates. The uh, Syracuse Crunch in the AHL and the Orlando Solar Bears in the ECHL are their two minor league affiliates. So the Solar Bears not too far away uh, from Tampa Bay. They have won Stanley Cup 2003-2004. Uh, I remember I was only about six years old, uh, but we were watching hockey that year. And that's kind of when our family got sort of hooked on watching the Lightning a little bit throughout that season, not just the Stanley Cup final run, um, but that really proved a lot to the hockey world as they knocked off a Canadian team in the Calgary Flames that these Southern teams can be Stanley Cup contenders. And uh, it was great to see the Lightning hoist the cup. Surprising they don't have more Stanley Cups at this rate. Uh, they have won two Eastern Conference titles, the 03-04 one. And then in 2014-2015 when they lost the Chicago Blackhawks, pulling so hard for the Lightning, I think everybody was at that rate. Uh, they won the President's Trophy last year by a landslide. I think they clinched it in March which was pretty impressive from the Lightning, but they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, which it was a tough year for me for my teams in the playoffs. The Preds going out to the Stars in six, and then the Lightning swept in four. Uh, they've won four division championships, 2002, 2003, 2003, 2004, 2017, 2018, and 2018, 2019 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Their leading scores, none other than probably my favorite player outside of the Predators in the league. Well, my two favorite players. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, 21 games played, 9 goals, 15 assists for 24 points. Steven Stamkos, who you heard uh, the call, just reached his 400th goal this season. What an impressive mark from Stamkos, who had had some injury problems early in his career. Uh, but in 19 games played, 7 goals, 13 assists for, 30, uh, for 20 points. And then probably one of the best defensemen in the league as well, uh, Victor Hedman. Uh, four goals, 16 assists for 20 points in 20 games played are their top three scores. And that just, it doesn't stop for the Lightning with their talent. They added Kevin Shattenkirk, who was bought out of his contract uh, with the Rangers. He signed a one-year deal, has had a renaissance with the Lightning, 18 points in 22 games played. Braden Point, who is one of the best up-and-coming players in the league, who's already proven that. He had a 92-point season last year with Kucherov having 100 points 
points, and Stamkos having a 90-point season as well. Uh, 17 points for ni- in 19 games for point. They've got Sorel- uh, Anthony Sorelli, Alex Kalorn, Andre Palat, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, who's a really good young defenseman that they got in that trade for Jonathan Druin, Ryan McDonough, Tyler Johnson, uh, Pat Maroon, who they added from the St. Louis Blues, just to name so much talent on this Lightning team. Uh, John Tyler Johnson's goal song's pretty good. Johnny Be Good, and then the uh, Stamco song is Hammer Time by MC Hammer, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, their goaltenders, Andre Vasilevsky, who won the Vesna Trophy, who I think has been one of the best goalies in the league over these past few years. Uh, 9-7-0 for Vasilevsky with a 2.90 goals against average and a .908 save percentage. And uh, Curtis McElhaney's the backup, 3-1-2 with a 3.46 goals against average and a .911 save percentage for Mr. McElhaney. Again, so I've been a big fan of the Lightning uh, for a long time. And I've lo- Steven Stamkos was one of my favorite players when he was drafted. And then Nikita Kucherov sort of became one of my favorite players shortly after that when he broke into the league. The no-move move. Oh my goodness, he is so talented at doing that. You do not know how hard it is to not try to make a move with the puck and just let it go uh, through the five hole. And Kucherov's so gifted at that. Uh, but as I mentioned, I've been to Tampa Bay for two games in the past. Uh, they won one, lost one. I went in 2005, 2006 when they played the Washington Capitals. And some people might know that's a big year for the Capitals because that was Alexander Ovechkin's rookie year. So I got to see Ovechkin play as a rookie, and that was fun to watch. Ovi as a rookie is some was some sight to see. We all remember that famed goal he had against the then Phoenix Coyotes where he basically rolled over uh, and put that puck in the net as he was being tripped up. He actually had two goals in that game, I remember, against the Lightning. It went to overtime. The Bolts won it. I think it was Ruslan Fedotenko who got the overtime winner from Vinny LeCavalier. Just to show you the difference, Vincent LeCavalier, Martin St. Louis, Daryl Sador, Ruslan Fedotenko and Brad Richards and John Graham was the goalie were just some of the players to name a few for the Tampa Bay Lightning back then and then I went in 2017 and 2018 after the Lightning have kind of been on this rebuild I had some great connections uh Unfortunately, not working with him anymore, but a great friend of mine that was able to help me a lot through my broadcasting journeys, Uh, Mr. Matt Salmon, if he's listening to this, I want to thank him for all of his support. Uh, He did some uh, radio work, was the director of radio broadcasting down there with the Lightning. Uh, He helped me actually get a shadow opportunity with Tampa Bay, and I got to see everything uh, behind the scenes with the Lightning that game. They lost 7-4, to but that was a pretty cool experience, though, to see JT. T. Miller working at the time who was with the team. He had just been traded over there with Ryan McDonough, was on a line with Stamkos and Kucherov, and that line combined for nine points that night in a loss. Uh, Point had a hat trick, Kucherov had three assists, Stamkos had three assists, Uh, Ryan McDonough got the other goal, and it was funny, the Senators at that time had Matt Duchesne, Mark Stone, Eric Carlson, Ryan Dezingle. (laughs) So they had all of these guys on this team that are no longer there with the Senators, and they won 7-4. 
and they had Mike Condon and Net that night. But um, overall, Amelie Arena is probably my favorite arena outside of Bridgestone Arena to go see, uh, especially in the area that it is in Tampa, Florida. You can't go wrong making a trip to Florida. Uh, the Preds have already played the Lightning down there this season, a 3-2 to two, uh, overtime win for the Preds. But I, I like the environment that the Lightning have started to bring. It's much like Nashville. Once they won that Stanley Cup, they started to grow in attendance for the fans. And then they had a little dip in form. Stamkos got drafted. He really brought that team back. And a lot of star players started to come in. A lot of young guys that they developed in their uh in their uh, prospect pool that have worked out so well. And the fans get behind that Tampa Bay team. And sure enough, there are a lot of people who travel from there. If you see the games like Toronto and Ottawa, there's plenty of people who will make a vacation to Florida uh, to the Amelie Arena to go see the Lightning. Uh, I've included some pictures that will be on the article as well of my experience down there in Tampa Bay. Such a cool arena, such a cool layout. They remodeled it since I was there the first time. New modern scoreboard, a beautiful scoreboard, kind of like the Bridgestone Arena. Really nice and laid out. Shows the standings um, below of each team that uh, the matchup is. It has like graphics for the play, uh, who's on the ice that's all on that big screen up there. The broadcast perspective and the booth is one of the coolest you'll see in the NHL as well. Way high up. I think every arena has a high up perspective, but I think that the Lightning have a really fantastic view of the game no matter where you sit in the arena. Um, it's definitely a cool experience to go see the Lightning play, especially with how many uh, talented players are on that roster. And it's definitely a fun trip to go make down to Tampa Bay, especially with how good they have been. They have been off to a struggle this season, but they have started to turn things around. Kucherov's picking up the pace with 24 points. Stamkos, same deal, 20 points for him as well. Uh, it, it's been an impressive team, and it's been credited to what Steve Eiserman did before he left the team to ultimately go back to Detroit and take on the Reigns as GM of the Red Wings and try to rebuild there like he did with the Lightning. But the Lightning have had so many players, kind of like Nashville, that have wanted to come there now and play for that organization under John Cooper, play with guys like Kucherov, Stamkos, Stamkos and Hedman. Um and with Vasilevsky, and then guys like Sergachev and Shattenkirk and McDonough. They've got so much depth and so much talent on that roster. It's hard to believe uh, what they've been able to comp accomplish. So I talked about Arizona. I thought that was a great fan experience um, going to uh, Gila River Arena. I would full-on recommend, if you're going to Florida, you're close to Tampa, or you want to go see a Preds game on the road, Amelie Arena should be number one on your list. Because Tampa Bay knows how to make the fan experience the best that it can be. It's a great arena. There's not a bad seat in that building. Um, there's so much cool stuff to do around Amelie Arena. The 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 uh, ocean just right by. Um, 
there's a lot of good places to eat as well. A lot of good hotels, a lot of good shopping around there. Again, like I said, I have quite a few Tampa Bay items in my house. I've got a Stanley Cup pennant from 0304. Um, I've got a Kucherov shirt. I have a couple Stamkos ones as well. Uh, they've been one of my favorite teams to follow outside of the Nashville Predators. But 10 out of 10 experience at the Amelie Arena. Again, I had a little bit of an upgraded experience, and I feel very fortunate to have had that experience and see how the Tampa Bay Lightning run their broadcasting and game day operations. Uh, but it's been cool to see the Lightning progress since those few years had passed in between since I last went about 12 years in between and that arena had changed so much from St. Pete Times Forum to the Amelie Arena but um, I would full-on recommend going to Tampa to see a game whether the Preds are going down there next year or whether you're just on a vacation down there and want to see some hockey go see the Tampa Bay Lightning and go see the Amelie Arena as well so that's going to wrap up this first segment talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning here in outside Smashville when I get back Let's dive into the G. Nash High School League in the Nashville area. So let's talk a little high school hockey. You're listening to the Outside Smashville Podcast here on Penalty Box Radio. Stop. Have a time. All right, but before I go any further, I know some fans of older hip-hop or pop music's going to get on me for calling that song Hammer Time. <laughs> it's MC Hammer, you can't touch this. So I, I do apologize for calling it Hammer Time. That's just the most memorable part you hear in that song, especially when you're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. But anyways, a great goal song uh, for Steven Stamkos. But welcome back into the Outside Smashville podcast here on Penalty Box Radio. I am Sam Fleming, your host, contributor, and broadcaster for Penalty Box Radio. Again, this is one of my um, things that I do. I also do the uh, Predators pregame previews and postgame recaps occasionally uh, on the uh, Penalty Box Radio pages. So if you're looking for some Predators um, material, there will always be a preview before each and every game on game day to look forward to preview the matchup, uh, tick in on the opposition, and maybe some NHL talk in there. But for this second segment of Outside Smashville, I want to come back to the homegrown aspect and a league that's close to me that I played in for four years uh, at Innsworth High School and felt very fortunate to have those four years and I'm now back coaching in the G. Nash High School Hockey League, which uh, Penalty Box Radio, Justin Bradford and all the reporters have done a phenomenal job uh, promoting G. Nash Hockey in the area and it's great to see it get so much coverage and it's great to see how many people have come back to coach, how many kids are playing, how many schools they've come together to make co-ops. Uh, I just wanted to quickly touch on G. Nash, uh, the leading scorers in the league, and then talk a little bit about 
what's to come for GNASH and uh, promote the league a little bit. So let's start with the standings for GNASH. Currently, everybody gets to play each other once the, uh, to start before we go into the Christmas break, which they're wrapping up here shortly on the uh, Thanksgiving break. They'll come back out and play uh, once again. So to top the league, uh, it's Montgomery Bell Academy uh, in 12 games played. They have 11 wins, zero shootout wins, zero losses, zero overtime uh, shootout losses, zero overtime losses, and one tie, which gives them 23 points on the season. A win is two points, um, a tie, and I believe an overtime loss and a shootout loss are um, one point. NBA has 67 goals for and 19 goals against. So continuing to be strong uh, as they have been the past few years. A great uh, team that has been dominant in GNASH. Still looking to secure their first Preds Cup, though, in a long time. Brentwood High School just below them uh, in 11 games played. They have 10 wins, zero shootout wins, uh, zero shootout losses, zero, uh, zero losses, zero shootout losses, zero overtime losses, and one tie as well. Uh, for 21 points, they have 79 goals for and 18 goals against. Mount Juliet, Wilson Central, Lebanon is just below them. In 10 games played, they have 7 wins, 0 shootout wins, 1 loss, 0 shootout losses, 0 overtime losses, and 2 ties for 16 points. So a 5-point gap between them and Brentwood currently. Uh, they have 53 goals for and 35 goals against. Uh, Father Ryan tied with them on points. They have actually the identical same record uh, in 10 games played. Seven wins, zero shootout wins, one loss, zero shootout losses, zero uh, overtime losses, and two ties. Uh, 59 goals for, 27 goals against for uh, Father Ryan. Independent Summit and Spring Hill. Indy Summit's been a co-op for a while. Spring Hill just coming on board most recently. Um, they are two points behind those two teams in 11 games played. They have seven wins, zero shootout wins, four losses, uh, zero shootout losses, zero overtime losses, and zero ties for 14 points, 61 goals for, and 42 goals against for uh, Independent Summit Spring Hill. Uh, Centennial Page. Uh, below them by a point. They're actually tied with Ravenwood on points. Centennial Page in 11 games played. Six wins, zero shootout wins, four losses, uh, zero shootout losses, zero overtime losses, and one tie. Uh, 58 goals for, 44 goals against, 13 points. Ravenwood, uh, 10 games played, six wins. Uh, zero shootout wins, three losses, zero shootout losses, zero overtime losses, and one tie. Innsworth Nolansville, uh, they're just below them by four points. Uh, they And again, for Ravenwood, 47 goals for, 31 goals against. Uh, Innsworth Nolansville, in 12 games played, there are four, uh, four wins, seven losses, one tie. If they, I'm gonna have to. I've been reading too long here. I'm gonna have to skip over the uh, shootout losses because actually the rest of the way there's not any uh, st stats there for those. Um, they have 35 uh, goals for, 44 goals against, nine points. Uh, two teams tied at eight points. Hendersonville Station Camp Beach. 
11 games played. They have four wins, seven losses, 45 goals for, 47 goals against. Franklin Hume Fog BGA, the team that I'm an assistant coach on, uh, 10 games played. They have four wins, six losses, uh, 30 goals for, 45 goals against for eight points. Uh, Pope John Paul II, CPA and GCA, they have nine games played, two wins, uh, five losses, and two ties for six points, 12 goals for, 24 goals against. The Tennessee Outlaws, which are uh, which is a team compiled of schools that are not on co-ops, that don't have enough players uh, to fill in uh, for a team, which I think is a great concept so it gets more people out to play in Gene Ash. Uh, the Outlaws set 11 games played, two wins, eight losses, and one tie for five points, 31 goals for, 43 goals against. Uh, Brentwood Academy, Franklin Road Academy, and Lipscomb Academy uh, in 10 games played. They have two wins, seven losses, uh, one tie also for five points, uh, 14 goals for, 59 goals against. USN DCA MLK, uh, they have 10 games played, one win, eight losses, one tie for three points, uh, 18 goals for, 58 goals against. And then Blackman Stewart's Creek rounds out the uh, standings. 12 games played, uh, no wins and 12 losses, zero points for 23 goals for and 96 goals against. So that's the standings for GNASH. Uh, the top five scorers in the lead, Luke Haley from Montgomery Bell Academy leads uh, in 12 games played. He has 14 goals, 19 assists for 33 points. So off to a fast start for the uh, uh, for the Big Red, as they call him. Peter Faulkner just below him by three points in 10 games played. He has 16 goals, 14 assists for 30 points. He's tied with Tyler Lobb of Montgomery Bell Academy, who has 12 games played, nine goals, 20, 21 assists for 30 points. Liam Hussey for Ravenwood. He has 10 games played, 18 goals, 9 assists for 27 points for Hussey. And then rounding out the top five is Xavier Tanner for Father Ryan with 10 games played, 14 goals, 13 assists for 27 points. So, again, as I mentioned, I'm a former player in G Nash, and it's great to see how G Nash has done. They just celebrated their 20th anniversary. They were founded in 1998 uh, in 2018, so still going strong. Good to see all the teams that are a part of G Nash uh, as it continues to grow at, when you look at it with co uh, school combos. G Nash allowing now three team combos, which I think is great. It gets more players on uh, different teams, gets more players that play travel. Maybe they play together, maybe they haven't played together, and it builds friendships. I still talk to a lot of the guys I played with on Innsworth, and now it's great to be back behind the bench uh, coaching for. Uh, Franklin Hume Fogg BGA this season and it's cool to give back to the league that I was a part of but again like we were saying when I was on Penalty Box Radio Live um, there is a lot of good talent in Gene Ash as we just saw with some of the top five scores and there's plenty more just below that um, 
there's a lot of good skaters and a lot of good speed, some good travel players, some players that have moved into the area to play in Nashville. But I think G Nash being separate from the TSSAA, which most people know is uh, where all the high school football, the basketball, the baseball goes through, TSSAA does not have a part to do with G Nash. And I think G Nash has done a good job admirable job with not as much funding, say, as the TSSAA to make this league happen. And I've really enjoyed also seeing where the um, the fans have started to get involved, whether it's parents, past alums, but also the student bodies starting to come out and support their teams. Like I said earlier, I was at the Father Ryan NBA matchup not too long ago, and those stands were packed with students. The speakers were blaring. They were having music battles, and I thought that was really cool to see. Uh, I remember being back when I was playing how cool it was to have your friends come out to watch the game, and I know how much it means to the players to have a crowd to play in front of. I think it adds a lot of energy to the game, especially if it is a rivalry matchup uh, between the teams as well. You look at like NBA and Father Ryan, NBA and Brentwood, NBA and Ravenwood, Ravenwood and Brentwood, the Battle of the Woods as they called it. Uh, that's always still a very exciting matchup. But um, I'm thankful for what G Nash taught me as a hockey player and all the friendships and connections and the coaches that I got to play under. Some of them still in G Nash today. Um, and then some of them I'm fortunate enough to get to go behind the bench and uh, coach with Todd Gross, who's a really good friend of mine. And I was very fortunate to play under him uh, as a travel player. And I'm very thankful that he allowed me to come on board with his staff. And again, the other two assistant coaches, Josh Frizzell and Jack Charles. Jack, a former player in G Nash. And Josh actually played when G Nash uh, was kind of starting up as well. So some former G Nash players there as well. I've made a lot of great friendships through Gene Ash and some other coaches to mention Matt Gardner who coaches uh, Mount Juliet Wilson Central Lebanon I was fortunate enough to play under him as a travel coach uh, Tim McAllister who coaches Innsworth um, was a really good uh, skating coach and I was fortunate enough to do some skating lessons with him he really helped me a lot as a skater uh, Matt Swinia who coached me not only in travel roller hockey but coached me my last year of Innsworth um, I felt very fortunate my senior year to have him behind the bench um, and then Tim Kovic who had coached me a couple years he's now the coach at NBA uh, coached me as an assistant coach for uh uh, the junior Preds a couple a couple seasons, actually under Matt Gardner one year, which was pretty cool. Um, so I think all the coaches in Gene Ash, a big shout out to them and what they're doing to help grow the game in this area. I know Cody Hodson, who's a former NHL player, uh, behind the bench for Father Ryan, which is really cool to see him coming back to the Gene Ash League as well. And I want to give a thank you to some other coaches I had at Innsworth, Mr. Jason Robinson, who actually helped me get into broadcasting a little bit, and then Tyler Alkins and Jason Panu. So looking at it, they gave a lot to me as a player, and it, I feel so fortunate to give back uh, to the players in Gene Ash now on the Franklin Hume Fog BGA team. If you are in the area, I'd fully recommend coming out, whether it be Fordyce Center, Antioch, Fordyce Center, Bellevue, or the Centennial Sportsplex. If you're just a fan of hockey in the area, maybe don't have a kid in the league, Come out and watch it. It's it's awesome to see just people who don't have any ties to GNASH come out to these games and support youth hockey in the area. So come out, especially if you're an alumna 
Uh, come out and support your high school hockey teams, as Justin Bradford said. Uh, PBR does a really great job of covering those games. So if you're unable to make it, you'll always be staying up to date with Penalty Box Radio. If you want to know more about GNASH, check out GNASHHockey.com for all of your information as well. Again, I feel very fortunate to have been a part of GNASH as a player and now an assistant coach. So make sure to come out and support GNASH Hockey. But to wrap up Outside Smashville, I'm going to go through my one fan question that used the hashtag Outside Smashville. You can get involved on every episode using that hashtag Outside Smashville for future episodes. But when I come back, we're going to discuss that question about Jonas Donskoy and the Colorado Avalanche. You're listening to the Outside Smashville podcast here on Penalty Box Radio. Got to give tribute to uh, producer Calvin here with a hot beat drop to end uh, Outside Smashville Episode 2 here. Speaking of producer Calvin, you can tune into the show he produces along with Justin Bradford, uh, Glenn Blackwell, and Danielle Denena on 102.5 The Game Penalty Box Radio Live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on 102.5 The Game the app or the radio, whichever works best for you. Always a great show no matter who's on there. Last week was a really good episode uh, talking a little bit about the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, women's college hockey coming to the area, and the Nashville Predators. You're always going to have some great hockey talk with those three on the show. I felt very fortunate to be a part of Penalty Box Radio Live uh, not too long ago earlier in the month and very thankful for Justin and um, Glenn and Daniel for letting me come on to talk some hockey. Looking forward to coming back on there to talk more G Nash hockey and talk some Preds in the future. But again, 8 p.m. on Wednesdays, usually. They sometimes shift it to Tuesdays like they had to do this week. But um, 102.5, the game for Penalty Box Radio Live. But again, welcome back into the Outside Smashville podcast, the final segment of Episode 2. We talked a little bit about the Tampa Bay Lightning and why that should be on top of your list for a Predators road trip. Or just if you want to see some hockey and you're traveling through Florida, we talked about some Gene Ash High School hockey. Again, I'm a former player and assistant coach and you should come out and support G-Nash Hockey in the area. It's growing really fast, and it's been great to see that it take off lately. And now time to get into the lone fan question of the week using the hashtag Outside Smashville. I'm going to continue this segment again. Feel free to ask me any questions you want to using hashtag Outside Smashville on Twitter, Facebook, or any social media platforms, and I'll make sure to answer your questions. And again, it comes from my good friend, Mr. A.L. Puck, once again, so thank you for your question, sir. But it's actually, again, referring to the Colorado Avalanche. He asked about the Matt Calvert uh, incident last week and what the refs could have done differently in that situation, so that's more talking about the NHL in general. But he asks, how much of an impact has Donskoy had for the Avs this season? So Eunice Donskoy, who was one of their pickups in the offseason from the San Jose Sharks, uh, that was sacrificed in that cap crunch that they had to get guys like Eric Carlson back under contract and Timo Meyer, saw Joe Pavelski go off to the Dallas Stars, and saw Jonas Donskoy go to the Colorado Avalanche. Now, Donskoy sits fourth on the team in points, uh, 24 games played, nine goals, nine assists for 18 points. And you might be saying for typical players, uh, you know, that's that's a good start, but not what you'd expect for 
most players in the, that are considered top scoring players. Well, let me just let you know, Don Scoy's career high in points is 37 points in 80 games. Uh, his first season with the Sharks in 15-16, he had 36 points. 16-17, he only had 17 points. 17-18, 32 points. Uh, 18-19, 37 points. So a steady depth player for the for the Sharks. This year for the Avalanche, he's looked like a top-line player for Colorado as he's been flat-out really good for them. Uh, four power play goals, five power play points for Don Scoy. Uh, unfortunately for Preds fans, as they might remember, he had a hat trick in that 9-4 to win for Colorado. Um, but the question about how much of an impact has he had, I think it's been a good impact with Don Scoy. Considering the fact that they haven't had Miko Rantanen this season for 15 games, and considering that they haven't had Gabriel Landeskog for 13 of those games, he's done a great job stepping up in the time that those players have been out injured. And, you know, you got to give credit, too, to Nazem Kadri, who was traded over there in that Tyson Berry-Alex Kerfoot trade. Uh, he's done really well for him as well. He also is on 18 points, 8 goals, 10 assists. But you look at it, it's been McKinnon and Makar. McKinnon, no shock. Makar, we knew the talent, but I don't think we all expected him to quite take off like he has. And again, I know people were probably like on my comment about Makar not too long ago. You really think compared to McDavid and Eichel, this guy, or even Matthews and Line, that Makar might be the best prospect of the latter half of the 2010 decade? I still stick to it. I think McDavid, we all knew was going to be fantastic. I think Matthews, we all knew, was going to be fantastic. Um, I think Line and Eichel, same thing. I know there was high expectations for Kale McCarr being a first-round pick and the fourth overall pick in 2017, but I didn't quite have expect him to have this much of an offensive explosion, but I guess the Hobie Baker should have been a sign. But Burakovsky, too, Andre Burakovsky, who they got in a trade from the Washington Capitals. He's done spectacular as well. Uh, 24 games played, 11 goals, 10 assists for 21 points. Uh, seven power play points, only one power play goal. But to get back to Don Scoy, I think he's overshadowed by those three. And it's much like the Preds, but we're focused here on the Avalanche right now. This is a different situation because they're missing two of their top players. Their captain and arguably a guy that, along with Nathan McKinnon, has really changed the face of this team uh, and Miko Rantanen. I, I think Don Scoy needs to be given credit that he's been really solid as a depth player, had that hat trick, nine goals, nine assists, some pretty good numbers, on pace to beat his career high in points by a mile if he keeps this up. It can stay healthy. Um, but... I would say that he's had a good impact, same with Kadri, but you have to still look at the top guys in McKinnon, McCarr, and Burkowski for how good a year that they've had. And Burkowski, again, he's never really been the man for a team like Washington where he was under guys like Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, uh, Carlson, 
John Carlson, that is. He, he never really stood out there with the Capitals. Kuznetsov as well, I can't forget him. But he's now kind of become one of the guys for the Avalanche. And I and that could be credit to the absence of guys like Rantanen and Landeskog. But he's just looked so better fit with the Avalanche. And I think the same can be said for Jonas Donskoy. So if you have to ask me, do you, how much is his... Um, how much of an impact has he had for the Avs this season? I think he's had a really good impact, and when you're getting guys like him for depth scoring, producing like he is, and getting hat tricks, and on pace to break his season career high for points in a season, that's good. a good sign of a good pickup for the Colorado Avalanche. So definitely a lot of credit to Don Scoy for his strong start for the Avalanche. But uh, appreciate A.L. Puck with the question once again. Back-to-back weeks, he's had the only question, but I do like the ones he's asked. So I am always open. I know most people on Penalty Box Radio are Predators fans. We support that. Huge Preds fan here as well. But, you know, outside Smashville, I just wanted to branch out and talk a little bit more about outside the NHL, talk about Gene Ash, talk about college hockey a little bit, everything outside of the Predators. So if you have a question just about the NHL in general or the opposition coming up for the Predators and you want to ask about some players to watch, even with my previews or on Outside Smashville. I'm always down to answer it using the hashtag Outside Smashville. Um, I'd love to answer your questions. You can even just DM me direct on Twitter, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. My Twitter, by the way, at SamFleming10. But uh, that's about going to do it here for this uh, second episode of Outside Smashville. We talked about a lot there. Uh, the Lightning, G-Nash, and uh, Jonas Donskoy. Quite the interesting combo, but uh, it's definitely always fun to talk again. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving and Black Friday uh, with your families. Um, I'm going to be coming out with a third episode for Outside Smashville. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Country Classic Women's College Hockey uh, Tournament that was just up here in Nashville in that next episode. I'll have a topic to discuss as well. haven't really thought about what I'm going to talk about with the NHL. Um, but if you do have any questions, use hashtag Outside Smashville for that episode. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media uh, platforms for Penalty Box Radio, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure to check out our, radio, uh, our um, website at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Um, and again, thank you for all the support on the previews and Outside Smashville. I really do appreciate it. Looking forward to having some guests on soon, working on something with Mr. Jack Woods, and uh, eventually we'll be working on something with Justin Bradford too. So thanks for tuning in to Outside Smashville Episode 2. Be on the lookout for Episode 3 of the Outside Smashville Podcast.